Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. Pastor Justin a few weeks ago asked me if I would speak on this Sunday, and uh, he asked me if I would share uh, our story, and so we'll be referencing that a little bit, and uh, I was trying to keep it together uh, during that video, and it, it's still, the, the, the emotions are, are very uh, raw and real, um, but God is still good, and uh, man, there is some awesome things that are happening. Um, if you are joining us online today, it is not the normal setting, um, it's not really the setting that any of us want to be in, but uh, like Pastor Justin said, we want to lead with wisdom, and so we hope that you guys are doing well. And uh, man, it's, it's, it's interesting um, because for a lot of you, this is, is not normal. You're like, I'm still in my pajamas, and, and I'm at church. Yes, uh, welcome to church. Uh, God is not contained just within the walls of Foundations Church. He can uh, move and, and do whatever he wants uh, wherever he wants. And so I'm going to ask us to do something if it's, if it's legally allowed. I'm going to ask you, whoever you are, are watching this with, um, if you're watching it with someone else, grab their hand and let's pray uh, before we continue and then um, go wash your hands because that's what the CDC recommends. Um, but let's pray that God would move. God, we come before you this morning. Um, God, in an atmosphere of uncertainty, an atmosphere uh, of anxiety, God, and I pray that you would bring peace into uh, everyone's situation. God, I pray that where, wherever we may be watching this, God, that you would move and work, um, God, in their lives uh, right there like you never have before. God, we know that you can do whatever you want, wherever you want. God, we know that you are bigger uh, than this um, this, this pandemic that we are going through, God, this, this confusion that we are going through, God. And so I pray uh, that you would move and work uh, in the homes and in the hearts of these people that are watching. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, go Germex and we'll be, we'll be all good. But um, uh, once the dust settles, I'm going to let you guys know, you're probably going to be pretty used to wearing your pajamas and not fixing your hair. Um, whenever we get back to normal, uh, I want to let you guys know that you are more than welcome to come to uh, Foundations Church in your pajamas and in your messy hair. We are so looking forward uh, to hanging out with you guys again. And so um, I know FC Kids did pajamas and pancakes uh, that first day back. Man, come however you are. We are excited uh, to get back to normal and, and to celebrate with our church family. Um, I think now is, is, a, is a better time than ever where we need to, to live out the commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, if you go to the grocery store uh, and you see the, the barren shelves, uh, man, now is a perfect time to say, God, I want to be used by you. Um, help me to love my neighbor as myself. Let's continue to share Jesus and make him famous even in the midst of all of this. Uh, well, my name is Michael. If you didn't catch that from the video, I am the student ministries director here at Foundations Church. And um, man, I, I love being a part of a church that, that uh, supports and um, prays for and loves the next generation, whether it's FC Kids, 
or FC students. And if I, I want to be real transparent with you guys um, right now that a few weeks ago we did a, a pie auction for a mission trip that we were actually supposed to be on this past week, but like everything else in the entire world, uh, that got canceled. Um, and so if you baked a pie, if you bought a pie, I'm going to let you know right now that that uh, money is in an account. Um, I did not get a spring break bonus, all right? That's not what's happening here. Um, but that money is in an account, and whenever everything returns back to normal, we are going to go back down to Arlington, Texas, and minister to uh, some of those lower-income families down there. So I just want to make you guys aware um, uh, in case there was any questions about um, what was going on. Um, we are in our fourth week of our series, When Pigs Fly, Lessons from the Miraculous. Um, if you've missed you got nothing better to do. Go back and watch it. Man, it's been an awesome series. Uh, check out what Pastor Justin has, has taught us as we've been looking at miracles from the Bible and saying, hey, what is God trying to teach us in these miracles? Um, if you've got your Bible today, we are going to be reading out of John 11. Um, if the Bible's on your phone in the YouVersion app, uh, you can follow along in our, with our notes. Um, open up the app. There's a button that says more at the bottom, I believe, right corner of the screen. Click it. And it says events, and you can click that and then find Foundation Church and follow along with us that way. Um, we're going to be reading a pretty decent chunk of scripture this morning in John 11. So um, if you have your Bible, if it's on your phone, we are going to start right there. John 11, verse 1. It says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is Mary who later poured their expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Skipping down to verse 17, Jesus is in Judea right now, and, and that's uh, that nation or that, that um, uh, area right there. It says, when he arrived in Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people um, had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him, I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So, she followed, so they followed her there. When Mary arrived, she saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and, was, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? 
Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but now I said it out loud for the sake of all these standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth, and Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. So we are in our series, like I said, Lessons from the Miraculous, right? It'd be awesome just to recount all the miracles that happened, right? But we are saying, hey, this is the miracle that happened, right? In this case, uh, the miracle is about two verses long, and we read um, like 30 to 40 verses. Um, So what is happening in the meantime? What is happening um, in in the beginning from when Jesus knows that Lazarus is sick uh, to the point where Jesus uh, resurrects Lazarus? What is happening? What is, is trying to be taught in the meantime? There's a few things that stick out to me in this story, and the first thing is this, and it's, it's, it's very obvious, uh, within the first three verses, Jesus is made aware of Lazarus' situation. Mary and Martha send a message to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, your dear friend is very sick, right? This is not just a casual observer of Jesus. Uh, this is not uh, like a, a distant uncle who just comes around and is like, hey, Jesus, you got any money, right? This is a, a dear friend of Jesus, and he is made aware of the situation almost immediately. His dear friend is sick. Man, and the thing that I, that I learned from this, the thing that, that stuck out to me, is it holds true today, um, that Jesus knew Lazarus' situation, and it holds true today that God knows your situation. Jesus was made uh, aware of God's situation, or Jesus was made aware of Lazarus' situation almost immediately, and God knows your situation. Um, you saw a little bit of our story in that video, and, and, and there is a lot more, and I think Seth had talked about possibly putting a longer version um, o- online. Um, but when Aubrey and I were going through uh, round after round of IVF, um, God knew where we were, right? He knew that we wanted children. Um, he knew that we were struggling. He saw the heartache, and he saw um, the, the grief. He saw all of that, and guess what? He didn't answer our prayer in, in the manner that we wanted in the time that we wanted, right? There was heartbreak, there was confusion, there was anger, and God was aware of it all. What you are going through right now, what you're dealing with, none of this has caught God off guard. God's not surprised by what you are dealing with. Your your bad health report, your marriage, your finances, man, this craziness that we're going through right now, none of this has caught God off guard. There's a few verses that I want to read just to remind us that God is aware, to remind us that God is still listening and he cares for us. Isaiah 41.10 says this, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation Why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. Why should I tremble? And Jesus tells us in John 16, 33, I have told you all of this, that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Can I fill you in on some information? God is not on spring break, 
right? He's not skiing because the mountains are closed, obviously. Uh, in, in today's context, he's not hiding in his underground bunker with his stash of, of ramen noodles and his Charmin triple ply. That's how he rolls. He's like, uh, no double, triple for me. Um, he is not uh, just waiting out this storm. He is still ruling and reigning, and God knows your situation. Um, God, God sees what you're going through. And for a lot of us, unfortunately, what's happening today for, for the whole world, this is not just specific to Oklahoma. For the whole world, a lot of this is rubbing salt in a wound that was already open. Because before all of this happened, we were wondering, man, how is my marriage? How are my finances? What's going to happen with my job, right? Before all of this, we had something going on, and now we add this to the mix. And it's kind of like, man, when it rains, it pours. But can I tell you this? That as hard as it is to feel at this moment, can you hold on to the truth that God still sees and knows your situation. Man, he is intimately familiar with your thoughts. He's intimately familiar with your worries and your fears, your anxieties. God knows right where you are. As I was reading the story about Lazarus, I'm like, Jesus gets this message, and then he stays where he is for two days. I was like, how far away was Jesus when he got the message? Was he like a week away, and it wouldn't have made a difference? And so I tried to do some research, and some people who are, are way smarter than me, which is not hard to do, um, they, uh, they, they, they couldn't pinpoint his exact location, but they all had a consensus that he was about a day's walk away from Lazarus. So Jesus could have got the message. He could have had a quick snack and been like, all right, let's go see my boy. But he didn't. He stayed right where he was for a couple of days. And maybe that's how you feel, right? You're like Mary and Martha. You're like, Jesus, here is what I need. Here is what I'm going through. And you don't feel a move. You don't feel him actually care enough to work to do something, right? It's like Mary and Martha. Jesus, you're so close, but yet you're so far away. Man, it, if your need seems insurmountable, or maybe it seems insignificant, can I tell you that God cares for it? No matter the size of your need, God cares for it. He hears you. He sees you. And the awesome and the beautiful thing about God is he knows right where you are, but more importantly, and it's our second point, God knows really what you need. He doesn't just see where you are, but he knows what you need. For Mary and Martha, their need was for their brother to be healed. But Jesus had something a lot more eternal planned, right? Before the miracle of Lazarus walking out of the grave, Jesus wanted to make sure that Mary and Martha's eyes and their focus and their attention was set on God, right? He, he wanted their focus on what is not shaken and what never fades. See, Jesus knew that, the, and this is, this is weird and it sounds weird, but Jesus knew that the resurrection of Lazarus wasn't permanent. Right? Jesus knew that, that eventually, many years down the road, Lazarus was going to have to die again. Right? That need that was met, it wasn't eternal. But what Jesus was wanting to do in the meantime had eternal impact. Right? If you're Lazarus, that's kind of rough. It's like, I, Jesus, I remember what it was like being sick. I remember what it was like um, dying, right? I just died like four days ago, right? If I was Lazarus, I'd have pulled Jesus aside and been like, hey, that was permanent, right? Like, I don't want to do that again. That wasn't a rough go, right? This is just one and done. We're good, right? I don't want to have to die again. But guess what? However many years down the road, it's not recorded, but Lazarus died again. Man, like, like Mary and Martha, their focus and their attention was on the temporary. But Jesus said, hey, hey, hold up. I know what you really need. 
and it's something eternal. Man, for Aubrey and I, our focus was, was on, on the physical, right? As, as weird as that sounds, like our focus was on the temporary, right? We wanted a child. We wanted, we wanted to hold a baby, right? And we did everything we thought we were supposed to do, right? The, the, the good Christian things. We prayed we fasted, we had other people joining us in prayer, we went up to the nursery, right, and we prayed, and we did all these things that we thought we were supposed to do. It was similar to Mary and Martha, where we're like, hey, Jesus, here's what's going on, we need you. And it was about a year of silence, a year of seemingly unanswered prayers, a year of not knowing what was happening, right? For Mary and Martha, Jesus waited two days. For us, we were waiting a year, months and months and months, and those unanswered prayers, man, they shook our faith. They came close to, to really having some lasting negative impacts. But like I said, God knows what you're really needing. God knew me. God knows me better than I know myself. And God knows you better than you know yourself. See, God was able to see my heart. He's able to see my fears, my misconceptions of him. And more than a child, God knew what needed to happen on the inside. God knew that in those, those months and months of waiting, there would be a couple options. I could either shut down or I could open up. Man, and in your silence, in the waiting, in the pain, can I tell you from experience that God does not waste anything? That the pain that you are experiencing, it, it, I, we live in a sinful and fallen and messed up world and I'm not saying that God is giving you some tough love. That's kind of a sadistic view of God. But what I am saying, that in that meantime, in that waiting where you feel that God is not moving, can I tell you that God will not waste that pain if you will open up and say, God, what are you trying to teach me? God, what can I learn? What needs to change in my heart? God does not waste anything. God knows what needs to be fixed. God knows what needs to be fixed. And for a lot of us, what needs to be fixed is right here. It's right here. When Jesus makes his way to Lazarus, he runs into Martha. And Martha's grieving. She's upset. She's hurt. Her brother had just died a few days ago, right? And in that culture, that was, that was kind of her, her, bread, her, her lifeline, her, her, her support, right? That was a huge loss for her brother to die, right? And, and if Jesus had just been there, if he had just moved earlier, if he had just shown up when he was supposed to, he could have stopped this. He could have snapped his fingers and everything would have been fine. And I love Martha's Christian response here. It's kind of like when you're going through a tough time and, and someone says, ah, God's got a plan. You know it's true, but it doesn't really help. Right? I love Martha's Christian response here. She says, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And this is the Christian response that she, gets, she gives. She says, uh, yes, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day, right? She's like, I know, I know, when everyone else, you know, goes up, he's good, but that's not really helping me right now. Like, I know the right things to say, but it's not helping me right now. And Jesus does something here that tells me that he is looking towards his kingdom and his glory. Like, he's taking it a step further more than just our temporary needs. In John eleven twenty five, 25, he tells her this. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? See, Jesus meets her, and she's like, Lord, if you'd just been here, he would have lived. And Jesus said, you're looking towards a temporary life, Martha. Do you understand that I am 
eternal life. Do you, do you see the big picture here, right? Jesus is pointing towards the, the eternal. Martha and Mary are focused on the temporary and not making light of any of our needs because I know that there are some serious needs. God sees those and he cares about them, but, but those needs are, and this is, it hurts me to say this because I've been there, those needs are temporary. Here on earth, we're going to have pain and sorrow, but one day we are going to be in a place where there is no more tears, there is no more pain, there is no more suffering, and, and God wants your, your eternity to be secure. He wants your focus to be secure, right? In your hurt, in your pain, you're looking for answers. God knows right where you are. More importantly, he knows right what you need. And if you focus on the finite, if you focus on the temporary, if your need, if your miracle is bigger than your view of God, you're going to miss what God is wanting to do in the long term. What's God wanting to do in the long term? Ultimately, what God is wanting to do for us is God is wanting to call us back to life. God is wanting to call us back to life. You've got the need presented. You have Jesus explain this to Martha, say, hey, I am the resurrection, I am the real life. And then you have life spoken in the situation, John eleven forty three 43 and 44, then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth, and Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. Man, I love the way Jesus works. I love, I love the way Jesus is, is described, and, and you get this picture of him in the Gospels. Um, if Jesus was filling out a background check, when it gets to the point, right, if he was wanting to serve an FC kids or FC students, we'd make him fill out a background check, do it for all of our volunteers. Don't be offended if he asks you to do it, right? We'd ask Jesus to do it too. And we say, hey, we need uh, your list of aliases or other names. And, and Jesus has like a ton of other names. He didn't need another sheet of paper he, he's, he calls himself the son of man. He calls himself the I am. He calls himself the bridegroom, the gate, the good shepherd, light of the world. He's like a rapper for every album that comes out. He's got a different name. Like he has got a bunch of different names. And I find it pretty interesting. In the book of John, he, he refers to himself as life. John 6, 35, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. John eleven twenty five. 25, this is Jesus talking to Martha. We just read it. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. See, each one of these references to life is about the physical, but it's also about the eternal, right? It is only um, able to be described this way in the authority of Jesus, right? God here on earth. Jesus is God incarnate here on earth. And these references to life are only able to be described and contained within the authority and power of Jesus, right? So like bread fills you up. You get a, if you are one of the lucky lottery winners who gets a loaf of Wonder Bread at Walmart, um, that's only going to sustain you for a while. And Jesus is saying, hey, that's only going to sustain you for a short time, but I am the bread of life, right? I am the one that is able to sustain life. When he's talking to Martha, he's saying, yes, I have the power to speak life, but in me is eternal life, the big picture. Um, so, so you may feel that God has left you. You may feel that God has abandoned you, that your miracle is dead, that your dream is dead, right? That he isn't listening. But know this, that God knows where you are. More importantly, he, he, he knows what you need, and he is wanting to speak life into you, 
first and foremost. He is wanting to speak life into you for an eternal purpose. Just like he said with Lazarus, this didn't happen, um, this sickness will not end in death, but so that the glory of God will be revealed. God is wanting to speak life into you so that the glory of God will be revealed. That even in the midst of your waiting, you are able to say, let's make Jesus famous. There is a joy and a peace and a hope that resides inside of me, not because of anything I've done, but because of who Jesus is, because that is where life is found. Man, in your waiting, you are not being put on hold. You're being pushed to grow. Can you say, can you say in the midst of your waiting, God created me a new spirit. God created me a new heart, one that's not focused on what you give, but a heart that is satisfied in who you are. Can you pray that prayer in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your pain? If you're Martha, can you pray that prayer when your brother has died? Can you pray that prayer? Because if you can, God is wanting to do more exceedingly abundant more than just your temporary need. Can you pray that prayer? Man, when we're going through the pain and the waiting and the unknown of, of man, are we going to have our own child? Are we not? What's, what is happening? Um, I was driving down Garnett, and I, I distinctly remember where I was, and God asked me this question. He said, hey, if you never have a child of your own, are we going to be okay? And, and, and I, I've grown up in church. Um, I've been a, a part of different churches and student ministries um, for, for a little over a decade, right? And so the, the, the Christian response wanted to be, yes, we'll be good, but I didn't know if I could honestly answer that. And I didn't want to say no because I, I was like, I, we might be good, yeah, but we might not. I don't know. And so the best answer I could give God was say, I, I don't know. I don't know. I hope so, but I don't know. And I felt like God said, I can work with that. I can work with that. And once I got honest with God, once, once I said, I don't know, what happened, God said, hey, if you will open up, if you will learn from this, you will learn that I don't waste anything. And what began to happen, even before we got to the point where we were able to announce, hey, we're pregnant, God began to reshape and reform this deformed spiritual messed up view that I had of who he was. He began to teach me what it meant to trust him, even though I couldn't see the outcome. Sure, I had taught about it. Sure, I had talked to people about it. Sure, I had preached on it. But, but preaching about it and living it out are two totally different things. And God began to show me what it meant to trust him, even though I could not see him. Um, he began to, to soften uh, Aubrey and I's hardened hearts, our, our angry hearts. Man, I learned that from Cindy, I learned that your obedience has the ability to lock, unlock someone's miracle, that your obedience can change generations. You see it throughout the Bible. Guess what? I'm seeing it in my life through someone else's obedience. Man, in your waiting, in your pain, in your hurt, God is wanting to call you back to life. That's what God is wanting to do in your situation today. Sure, we're not gathered here in, in Foundations Church. Sure, you're at home in your bedroom. You're at home on your couch, wherever you may be. But God is wanting to speak that to you today. He is calling you back to life. It doesn't matter where you are because we're all waiting on something. We all are, are holding on to hope and holding on to a dream. We're all holding on to something. And in that silence before there is an answer, God is saying, hey, let's focus on the eternal first because that's what's going to last. Let's focus on that first. Man, can you pray that prayer? Can you say, God created me a new spirit? God created me a new heart. 
transform my misconceptions of you because God is wanting to speak life into your situation. He's wanting to call you out of your fear. He's wanting to call you out of your anxiety. He's wanting to call you out of your worry. And he's wanting to call you to a real and abundant life with him. Let's pray. If you're watching this today, man, and that's you, you feel like Mary and Martha, right? You've told Jesus what's going on. I need you, Jesus. Where are you? You feel like he's not moving. Man, can you hold on to this prayer? Can you repeat it? Can you pray it? God, we thank you for being in this place. God, we thank you for seeing each and every one of our needs. God, but more importantly than that, we thank you for knowing us better than we know ourselves. God, thank you for knowing what we really need. God, and that is a real life. God, one that holds on to you because in you is all that we need. God, I pray that you would speak life into us. God, that you would tear down any misconceptions we have at you. God, that that you would begin to reform and reshape our view of you. God, one that wants us to be eternally secure in who you are. God, in you is all that we need. God, in the midst of this chaos and this uncertainty, God, I pray that you would breathe a new life. God, a new hope. God, a new joy that it can only be found in you. God, we thank you for being in this place. God, I thank you for everyone watching. God, and I pray that they would just have a security in you that cannot be shaken. We love you. God, be with us this week. Be with us as we're with our family and our friends. God, give us a peace and a calm that passes all understanding. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.